There's some powerful scriptures to choose from this evening. And I want you to, I want to ask you, you know, first, see if any of you can relate to what I'm about to speak about. I have a brother who's just a little bit older than me, about a year older, and his name is Chris. Though everyone who has known him since about the age of 12 just calls him by his nickname, which is Wog, W-O-G. And there is a story on how Wog came into being that I'm not going to go into with you here today. Just suffice it to say that my version of it is closer to the truth than what he will tell you. (laughs) Anyway, Wog, my brother, he moved from our hometown in Illinois to the mountains of Colorado about 42 years ago. He has a lovely little house, a little cabin up in the mountains about 45 miles southwest of Denver, and it is almost perfect there, and he loves it very much, which is probably why after he moved, he he didn't make a trip back to Illinois maybe once every five or six years or so. And now he's starting to make those trips a little bit more frequently, every year, maybe every two years. Our mother's getting older, and it's what you do, right? Your time is dwindling. And so what I'm going to talk about isn't as bad now as what it seemed like in the beginning, but I noticed that in those first years when he left, every time he would come back home, it was really, really good for those first few days. Everyone was glad to see him. We spent every moment together. We spent hours into the night around a campfire catching up with family and the friends that would stop by. And because I'm from the Volker clan, we ate a lot of food. And for those first two days, things were perfect. And it was about the third day that I would notice that Wog was starting to insert himself back into the role of the older brother. Never in a bad way, I assure you this, but it just became more and more evident to me that he thought that he was the one in charge. He was going to make those decisions if there was ever a a question or disagreement about where we're going next or where we're going to eat. He just naturally slid back into that role. And of course, in, in my mind, he had abdicated that throne, right? It's my responsibility now. And I had become very good and very established at being the big brother myself. You know, there, there was never any serious friction about it. It wasn't like that. I didn't complain. You just know it, was, it sometimes was bothersome. Now, of course, since I've been gone from our hometown a little over nine years now, and I have on occasion wondered that when I go back home, does my younger brother have the same feelings about me? I don't think so. But I'm sharing this story to kind of illustrate how I believe in every single situation. Whenever a group gets together, whenever a community gathers together, even maybe and especially when our families get together, there is bound to be disagreement and some argument and perhaps a bit of friction, just like the apostles accounted in our first reading this evening. And I know there has to be a joke within the scripture somewhere, but is it any surprise that when we have little old Greek widows living in the same community with little old Jewish widows, that there's going to be some friction in the family? But regardless of how it came about, this family was facing a bit of a crisis, and to witness how it was handled is a powerful lesson offered yet to us today. The apostles charged the community with offering up seven men, calling out seven men, the number of completion in the Bible, the number of perfection. Seven men from their own ranks, and they then were gathered around. The whole community prayed over them. 
and the apostles laid hands upon them, praying over and the laying of hands, the very same signs of ordination that we use today. There can be disagreement about the specifics of this scripture passage, but most look upon Acts 6 as institution of the diaconate, a group of men called out from within a specific community and commissioned through apostolic secession from the hands of that original bishop through his apostles into those who hold that office today. Ordained men to lead, sure, but, but men that were more called in to care for and to love and to serve their family. This family, the St. Joseph Parish family. And I am happy, happy to have spent these last four years as a member of this, and I hope to spend many more. And I'm happy that soon two more of this family are going to be called to serve. Two more of my now soon-to-be deacon brothers when Tim and Brian are ordained in just a few weeks. But I've had this question given to me more than one occasion. Why? Why does St. Joseph Catholic Church need two more deacons? And I have given him the most honest answer I can. And you know what that answer is? I have no idea. No clue, but I trust that God does. And that very thought excites me in ways I cannot tell you. I am excited and encouraged because not only is God calling two men into this wonderful ministry, I'm excited because that means that he also then has a plan for this family that's going to require two more men working in service and in love, in his name. Men that are going to bring us specific gifts, gifts that we may not and even they may not recognize that they're holding yet because God our Father is working in this family. In the letter of St. Peter, we're introduced to the concept of a living stone. Living stones, stones with heartbeats, stones with ideas, with concepts, stones with passion. Stones that are going to be used in ways that we cannot yet begin to imagine in the building up of this parish community. You are those stones. And I know you're sitting there and you're, you're saying to yourself, me? Not a chance, Deacon. What can I do? I am just a small part of this parish. I come to church. How do I have any impact? I want to ask you this. I want you to think. How many of you have ever stepped on a Lego barefoot at midnight? Yeah? That small stone is impactful, right? It leaves a lasting impression. Now, I use Legos in this, in this uh, uh, homily because every time I read this scripture, that's the image that pops into my mind. So how surprised do you think that I was when I was preparing for this weekend and I found out that in Hebrew, the word Lego means to gather together and to address. Or if we go into Latin, Lego means I put together. Think of those two languages, both of them solid in our Christian background. Lego, to address as I gather them together and I put them together. Think of the statement as you understand who the I is in this picture. Think of what God can and will do when he puts together 
our living stones. When we turn ourselves over to him more fully and more completely, when we allow ourselves to dream with him, to plan with him, and to put together ourselves within his will. Living stone is by its very nature alive. It's living, it's growing, it's breathing, it's dreaming. Now think of the Lego. The builder places each one, each living stone, atop the stone that came before it. And they, in turn, lift up and reach out to those that they will support that come after it. Each one is linking up with its brother and its sister at its side, lending the other support and drawing that same support from them. Forever linked as a family by the simple act of being there, of offering, of allowing, of giving themselves to be used, to be linked with the other. Each of us, Legos, relying on the other one to survive. This whole concept, to me, means that big things are coming. I do not know what they look like yet. I can't. But deep in my heart, in my most honest thoughts, big things are coming. Not only the fiscal and the financial part of our capital campaign, which we've been hearing about, that's important and that's very necessary. But I'm looking beyond the capital part. I'm looking into the what if part. What will our builder fashion out of the gifts we offer? How will this family grow when we not only welcome, but warmly welcome? those who are coming to join? What will the ministries God the Father places upon our hearts look like? Who are we going to touch with our gifts? Gifts that, of course, already belong to the Father, and yet we offer them back into his service. You know, the gospel tonight, John, speaks of Jesus creating a home for us, and it's not just a heavenly home. Jesus, God, is creating. He's putting together that home here in our midst today, a home from where we will reach out in his name, reach out into the poor, reach out to those abandoned, reach out to those who are hurting both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Jesus tells the apostles that he is going to create a home. If we remain in him, he's going to come back and he's going to usher us into that, that home that he created for each one of us. When I preach at funerals, in all funerals, we, this passage of John crops up quite a bit, and it's a beautiful passage for funerals. We use it a lot, and I love it because in that context, in the funeral context, it gives us hope that no matter where we come from, no matter the struggles we might have faced, the pains we might have had to endure, God is there ready to welcome everyone, everyone who comes to him with a sliver of this Christian faith intact. When we love him, no matter how imperfectly, Jesus always, always returns that love perfectly. That's all he can do. He returns the perfect love back to us. Maybe now is the time we're supposed to stand up and recognize that that perfect love is already with us. It's already been a part of our lives. Each one of us, as we bravely start to give ourselves over to what's coming as living stones, stones that are going to build this house, Stones that are going to build your house. A house from where we will build the future of not only St. Joseph as a parish, but St. Joseph as a family. Where we can come together, we can share, 
we can laugh, we can bicker. Jesus just asks us to be ready to see everything that's coming. So let us become that living stone that he needs on this earth, Lord. Let each living stone come to build your kingdom here among us once more. Let us, God, Lego. Let us gather, let us address, and let us put together in your name. Amen.